You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to the Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman here with my colleague Phil Zapeda. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Katie. Great to be here. Great to be here with you as well. We extend a warm hello to all who are listening on WNDZ 750 AM here in Chicago and all who are watching our live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago. We continue to monitor developments in our refugee resettlement program that's been especially busy this year, welcoming additional refugees from Afghanistan and Ukraine as the Taliban control and Russian aggression continue to devastate these countries. So in her most recent appearance on The Voice of Charity, uh, Elma Kolovic, who is the program director of the, of the Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program, uh, shared with us that Catholic Charities in Chicago receives case referrals from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. It's one of nine organizations that receives referrals from uh, the United States State Department after each refugee has been determined eligible for entry into the U.S. And so there is a secure, orderly process that brings refugees to us in Chicago at Catholic Charities. Once they're here, our refugee resettlement team helps in a multitude of ways, right, to help refugees get settled into their new lives in the Chicago area. And with us today are uh, to share actual success stories of some of our refugee clients are two members of the Refugee Resettlement Program. Please welcome Emily Parker and Sophia Schmall. Thank you so much for joining us, Emily and Sophia. Thank you yes, so thank much. Thank you so much for having us. Great. So, Sophia, my first question um, is for you. Get, help us uh, get a get an understanding of the picture of, with the refugee resettlement program. How many refugee clients are in the program currently, and from what countries um, have they come to Chicago from? Mm -hmm. So we serve around 240 clients now. Um, that also might be an underestimate, honestly. Um, they come from. Um, Afghanistan and Ukraine as evacuees. Um, they also come from Iraq, Somalia, Congo, uh, Sudan, um, Myanmar, um, and Guatemala we've seen recently as well. Um, and then I'd also just like to note that Catholic Charities has served over 10,000 refugees since 1975. So I just think that's a really great number. Including, including Elma herself, who is a, is a refugee and the, the director of the, of the program. That, that's really a remarkable number, Sophia, since the refugee resettlement program began. You're right, Phil. Alma Kulovich is, is a, a refugee herself, and that's why she's so compassionate and, and successful uh, as director of the program now. Um, Emily, could you please remind our audience the type of services the Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement offers to refugees? Um, and also, can you kind of give us a flavor for how long you work with an individual or a family? 
Yeah, absolutely. So our program can serve refugee clients for up to five years, but our most intensive service period begins um, at arrival or even before the clients step off the plane and most intensively for the first six months to a year. Um, with the most, uh, the majority of our services occurring within the first three months after arrival. So even before a client arrives, the apartment search begins and the acclimation process is started to be mapped. So we start to look at what each family specifically needs based on their biographical, um, bio, like their uh, demographic information, as well as the family composition. And so we start with the apartment search, furnishing and decorating, and then stocking the fridge, you know, small things to make them feel welcome and to uh, create a happy beginning to this new chapter in their lives. Um, after arrival, the name of the game is obtaining crucial documents. So after the clients step off the plane, we make sure that all of their documents that they came with are correct, which rarely they are. But um, then we begin by correcting them and helping them obtain American documentation. So this includes the employment authorization card, a social security card, and a state ID until they reach the point of employability, which um, the point of employability is actually once they've obtained all these documents are, and are able to legally work in the United States. So this process of obtaining these documents can take up to three months. In the meantime, we provide cultural orientation, job club, public transportation orientation, as well as intensive case management to clients. Um, we also enroll them in English, uh, English classes if they don't speak the language, um, or we refer them out to obtain their GED and begin the process of kickstarting their education here in the United States. Um, the client's job in the first months before they're able to uh, get a job would be to learn as much as they can about their new home, uh, learn about Chicago, um, and explore before they become busy with their new job once they obtain a job. Um, and then after a while, we'll do some budgeting and financial management. Clients will often at this point open a bank account around the six-month mark. Um, and our main goal in the refugee resettlement program is uh, natural and comfortable self-sufficiency. So we want clients to be happy and healthy in their pursuit of self-sufficiency here in the United States. Um, and our work tends to be cyclical. So like I said, most intensively in the first three months, then we back off for a little bit. We let them um, explore and learn on their own. And then we follow up infrequently between the six and the nine month marks and then circle back when it's time to apply for permanent residency after one year. After that point, clients will come as needed for up to five years or just to catch up, which is always nice. That's that's a tremendous and what a broad scope of responsibilities. And in probably at the same time, you know, quite overwhelming for folks that are landing on, on the doorstep in Chicago. And I know that you 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 recognize that in the program. Sophia, I, I'd be interested in, in what, what Emily just shared, you know, getting some really tight understanding on what you think, like that first client meeting, what's, what's most important um, for, for you in the program to really get your arms around and, and cultivate with them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I like as the K through 12 caseworker, I think that really it's my job to establish kind of a rapport with the client and make sure they're comfortable. First of all, um, I'll usually meet them a couple weeks after they arrive just to make sure, you know, they settle in and everything before they have to think about, you know, what's next for them, which is normally like school enrollment for school age kids. Um, so I, yeah, I just like to meet them, make sure that I know, um, you know, more of their background, educational background, you know, just like anything, you know, they want to share with me. Um, 
and then I will kind of go over what, um, you know, what to expect from school in Chicago, what to expect, you know, from the American school system, right. um, and share a little bit about the, um, the specific school that they'll be going to, um, answer any questions. Usually there are a lot of questions, um, just because, you know, it's so up in the air. Um, and then I'll actually go with them to enroll their kids in school. And that's when they kind of get to understanding more about like what, you know, what they're walking into. Um, and usually that kind of like calms any fears. Um, that's that's then, really yeah. tremendous. You know, you, you are yeah. that, that, that calming spirit, that calming hand at a very uh, tumultuous time. Emily, talk to us about, you know, what do you see as the greatest challenges in welcoming, you know, Afghani or Ukrainian refugees over the past year? Yes, yeah. So I would say that the lack of documentation amongst the Afghan and Ukrainian population would be the one of the largest hurdles that we face in the resettlement program. Um, Typically with refugees who traveled through the normal process and not in a time of humanitarian crisis, such as in the case of Ukraine and Afghanistan, this process is very um, orderly in that we know exactly everything about clients down to their medical histories before they arrive. However, with uh, Afghan clients, we, we don't have any of that information. We don't really know much about who they are. Obviously, they've been biometrically screened uh, for safety and things like that, but um, we don't really know much about them. And so lack of documentation is a big one. Uh, Sheer numbers as well. Uh, In FY20, uh, the Refugee Resettlement Program welcomed 58 clients in one whole year, one whole calendar year. From the months of September to December, that four-month period, we we welcomed 85 people. So it was a wow. massive uptick in numbers. And so that would be one of the largest um, hurdles we also face in serving this population is that just in times of humanitarian crisis, we're called to act. And that's what we had to do. And we had to do you know, everything necessary, even amidst um, a lot of uncertainty, um, as well as increase in numbers as well. So these are fascinating statistics, and we'd like to uh, dive a little deeper after our break here and, and hear some stories, if you both share, uh, obviously respecting client privacy, but we'd love to hear names and stories of these folks who are you know, escaping very serious, dangerous situations and trying to rebuild their lives in Chicago. So if you please bear with us, we're going to take a break here on The Voice of Charity, and when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Emily Parker and Sophia Schmall, a caseworker and case management supervisor at a refugee resource settlement. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. 
Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com. Or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman here with Phil Zapeta in our studio. And um, we have via Zoom our guests today, Emily Parker and Sophia Schmall, who are part of the team at Refugee Resettlement in Uptown Catholic Charities Program to welcome refugees to Chicago, help them to adjust to life in Chicago, and also to life in the United States. Um, and they've and oftentimes fled uh, very serious, dangerous situations. Um, and these two uh, very warm and compassionate ladies, um, along with Elma Kulovich, director and the rest of the re refugee resettlement team are such a, a welcoming, a warm, knowledgeable presence uh, that makes life easier for them as they're trying to rebuild their lives here. Um, before the break, we were talking about some of the statistics and services you provide, um, but Emily, can we ask you to share some stories of refugees that you've worked with? As I said, respecting client privacy, uh, but we'd like to know, you know, the people that you're working with and, and how they're uh, uh, finding that they are acclimating to life in Chicago and on to happier, safer times in their lives. Absolutely. Yeah, so this is the best part of our, of our day is hearing about these wonderful success stories, and there are many. Um, and so when, when asked this question, um, it's so difficult to answer because there's so many, there's, there's a few very large successes, but there are also so many, like just countless numbers of small successes, and those small wins are the things that ultimately lead to acclimating to life here in Chicago. So these small things, such as like 
um, you know, a woman being empowered to pursue her career for the first time or uh, refugee families starting new, like adding new members of their families or coming up with creative solutions that um, we haven't necessarily thought of as well as like promotions and excelling in jobs. Like these things are the things that ultimately lead to a happy, healthy, successful life here. And so these are the small wins that we like to emphasize in our program. Um, and so I would say um, like, to, but to give you, give you a juicy story of a big win would be um, one of our clients actually got into university here in the United States. He speaks three languages. English is his third language. He learned it as a teenager. However, um, he did all of the steps to get into an American university. He's here alone without his parents. He's, uh, I think, 23 years old. Um, and he got into a university here in the United States on a full ride scholarship. So, and he is going to make this country a better place. I am 100% certain of that. Um, he was a law student back in Afghanistan. Uh, unfortunately, degrees don't transfer over in the same way that they do. Um, like if you were to pursue a degree in another country, our American degrees typically transfer. A degree from Kabul University or Herat University does not transfer. Uh, in the United States. So he had to start from zero, even though he was in his last semester of law school. But he was so happy to do it, happy to begin at a university here in the United States. He did so on a full ride scholarship. And he not only accomplished this for himself, but he offered to help other clients through the process. So that was one of the like most heartwarming and wonderful success stories that we've, uh, that we've seen here. Um, another one would be a one of our clients who from day one, he's he was a C-130 pilot in Afghanistan. He actually helped in the evacuations himself. He um, is a remarkable, remarkable um, human being. His story is fantastic. Might I ever suggest a new topic for the show if you ever wanna have him on. He uh, actually joined our employment team. So he is now our colleague at Catholic Charities because of his work with our program from his day of of uh, coming to Chicago, he turned around, helped others that didn't know the language, that didn't know the culture as well. Um, and he turned around and helped when he didn't have to. And I identified that in him. And um, I, I asked him if his first job here in the United States would like to be working as a member of our Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Team. And so I'm so happy to share that um, Colonel Abdulkayoum is our now um, case manager here in our resettlement program. So those are our two big success stories. Those Emily, are wonderful stories. That's fantastic. And I know that story. And you're spot on when you say that that, that could be a show within itself with, with uh, the, the Colonel's story because it's truly inspiring what he's done. And I'm, I'm thrilled. I guess I didn't know that he's now joined the, our team. So that, that's thrilling news. So thank you for sharing that. Sophia, let's let's pivot to, to children. I'd love to get a sense from you um, of some stories, but um, help characterize the reactions from, from children about living in America, and especially in such a different environment than what they're used to. So let's hear some stories about kids and, and gauging their reaction to living in this, uh, this urban environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think most really, really love Chicago. I think our families really react well to Chicago. I think it's set up well for welcoming refugees. Um, so I would say that I'm also very fortunate to work within like the Chicago public school system where um, 
everyone is very welcoming already. So they always they have systems in place already to welcome a lot of refugee students and a lot of these schools have refugee students. So they're already, I think, set up to acclimate the students very well. Um, so I just want to like give them a shout out just because I've learned so much from them. Um, like for example, um, I went in February uh, with a family with three kids um, to an elementary school to enroll them. Um, and right away, you know, um, we had three different people in the front office speak with them in Arabic, which I think was just like wow. amazing. Wow. I think they weren't expecting that at all. And honestly, I wasn't either. But um, yeah, so staff members will usually speak a different language. Um, they have very like robust ESL programs already set up. So I think, you know, communicating like so between like the agency, the Catholic charities and the schools, I think you know, it helps kids a lot. Um, so I think, yeah, so one of my first cases um, when I came here about a year ago um, was just one little girl. I, you know, enrolled her in school and like I was learning alongside her family. You know, we were all like learning together. Um, she had been, she had grown up in a couple different countries. This was, English was also her third language. Um, and she um, seemed to embrace the process very well. Um, you know, the school obviously helped a lot. Um, and then I went back um, for a visit a couple months ago um, just to see how they were doing. And, you know, she was speaking a lot more English to me. Like, you know, uh, the kids I think are hesitant at first, but then they become more confident with the language, which is really good to see. Um, and then they like presented me with this, this ribbon and they were like, what is this? She got it at school. And then I saw that I got to tell them that she um, was on the honor roll and they gave her a oh. um, ribbon for it. So I thought that was, yeah, I was just really excited to tell Fantastic. them about it. Um, yeah. So, and her teacher was very complimentary. So I think, you know, academically and friendship wise, I think she was adjusting very well. That's so really, that's really profound. And, and it, 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 it lands well with me, what you were both saying about the simple wins, the small wins, because that's, that's mm -hmm. really significant in the lives of, of these people that their, their worlds have been turned upside down. Um, uh, Emily, talk, talk to us a little bit more about the refugee em employment services, because obviously that, that, that's got to be a, a, a big deal. Um, for finding work, especially for women, um, and, and, and finding their pathways and careers. So how does the, um, the employment team match refugees for jobs that they're qualified for or s searching for what those qualifications could be? Yeah, so we provide in-depth um, employment assessments that extract relevant skills. Um, so we noticed that on some of our, our documents that we fill out, one of them, one of the barriers that we saw to employment was a, a statement that said client has no no community, like no abilities that can be translated onto a tran onto a resume. And we never use that because there is, I don't think that there is any human being in this world that does not have a <laughs> skill that can be communicated into the workforce, regardless of what that is. And especially for women's empowerment, where they have right. not in a case where a woman has not worked ever before, um, to say that someone has no skills, even when they've been managing a household their whole lives is, I mean, that's absolutely not the case. Um, so we ex extract any relevant skills and we find that every human being has many skills that would, would benefit 
any workforce. Um, and so we're, we're happy to have them. And so we also do have uh, some relationships with employers, with local employers uh, that emphasize upward mobility as well as um, emphasize learning the language on the job. So like I said earlier in the beginning, uh, we tell clients focus on English, learn as much English as you can in the first couple months before you start working, because then you're going to be very tired. It's hard to go to class after working all day. Um, and maybe if you have to take a, you have a long commute, it's going to be a long day. And so we have employers that emphasize um, learning the language on the job as well. Um, so they don't necessarily need the language to start sometimes, but um, they're working with people who also don't speak English as a first language, but do not share a common language. And so our clients typically learn English as they continue on with their career. So it's like a two birds, one stone situation. So that's something we look for. Um, yeah, so our employment team does a really good job of, um, of matching clients into jobs that fit their relevant skill set or allow them room for growth and upward mobility. And we've seen a lot of uh, promotions and uh, movement into managerial positions, which is always a good sign. That's great. That's wonderful. It obviously means that you've helped prepare them well for what employment is like in the United States. Um, Sophia, can you talk a little bit more about the language barriers that you see uh, with the different refugees coming from different countries? I know you have some wonderful translators in the refugee resettlement program. Uh, I'm, I'm especially wondering about those who might refugees who might need counseling after experiencing really traumatic situations. How does that work out? Are your uh, translators able to uh, work through uh, some of the counseling issues, the mental health issues, or do you bring in Catholic Charities behavioral uh, services? team to assist in that regard? How, Sophia, how, how do the uh, mental health concerns, how, how do you help address those? Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, um, but uh, so I'd say, um, so we do have like a lot of different interpreting like uh, resources we can go to. We have, you know, language lines on phones a lot. Um, we have in-person interpreters that we can bring in. Um, and then we also have a lot of staff interpreters. So um, we're lucky to have a lot of staff who speak different languages. We have Amharic, Arabic, um, Burmese, um, Dari, Pashto, Spanish. So um, it's a talented staff. So um, and in regard to mental health, I'd say um, we work through it a bit, but I think mostly we, we like to refer to other um, resources that we have in the community. The community is very rich. Um, like I said earlier, Chicago is very um, welcoming to refugees and has a lot of resources for them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to, if you have more about that. Yeah, I think that all of our staff um, aims to have a culturally competent as well as trauma-informed approach to our um, service providing for clients. And so we tend to have some uh, like warning signs that we look out for with regard to mental health. And we also have a culturally competent way of addressing that with clients to bringing forth like um, different options for pursuing um, like mental health care. But um, obviously this is, this is a really hard topic and a hard conversation to have with clients, especially in specific cultures where mental health is more stigmatized than it is in ours. Um, so those, those are tough conversations. And I, I will say that referring to mental health is always hard because it's uh, wait lists are long. Uh, clients are on um, the like public healthcare system. And so not a lot of providers will accept that. And so it's hard. Uh, it's a tough topic, but uh, something that we're always pursuing um, and trying to get better at. 
So we, we've got one last question for you as we close out the show. I'll, uh, show. I'll ask you to be brief. Um, what would you like our audience to know that might be a myth or misconception about our refugee clients, or what would you like to communicate on, on their behalf? you got 15 seconds, each of you. Sure. Okay. So, um, firstly, the Refugee Resettlement Program is incredibly safe. Our vetting procedures are incredibly robust. Um, and, but, however, that being said, the current systems in place in the United States make it incredibly difficult for newcomers to acclimate well in their new homes, and their settlement process is generally uncomfortable for all. Uh, due to this, it's important for other channels of support and American citizens to love their neighbor by lending a helping hand to their refugee neighbor. Well, that's yes. great. I think for 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 time's sake, I think we'll we'll leave it at that. You both have been such wonderful guests, and we appreciate hearing these stories. Thank you for being on the show today. You're really uh, helping us all grow in awareness just how challenging uh, the adjustment for our refugee clients is, um, and as they adjust uh, to life in this new in this new country in in America. And you've also helped us grow in empathy for the recovery process that many of our refugees go through. So thank you. Real quickly, um, Emily and Sophia, can you give us the phone number or contact information for anybody in our audience who'd like to volunteer for Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program? Sure. Yeah, I think the number would be um, 312-655-7601, and this is my desk phone number. Wonderful. I know that uh, family mentors, you know, uh, are needed and also people just speaking English to the refugees as they're uh, trying to adapt more here in Chicago. Am I right? Absolutely. Great. Yep. Well, Any housing needs yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, Thank wonderful. You. I agree with Phil. Thank you me. guys are totally inspiring uh, us, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back on to share more client stories. Um, for now, thank you for being on the show today, and thank you for the vital work that you do every day. Of course. Thank you thank for the you platform. So much. Thank, thank you. you. And we invite you back next again next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Katie Breedeman with Phil Cepeda, and we thank you for tuning in and believing in the mission of Catholic Charities.